Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. Sawadikap, hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Thank you for joining us today. We're doing breathing mindfulness meditation today in a guided meditation. This is a time for us to come together and encourage and support each other in our meditation practice. And we do this each Wednesday where we're rotating from breathing mindfulness meditation to loving kindness meditation. Next week, I'll be starting a four-part series on breathing mindfulness meditation because on Sunday, we're going to be restarting our group learning program from the very beginning. And this is where I start to help students from the very beginning and build up their life practice towards the attainment of enlightenment. And as part of our Wednesdays, I'll do a four-part series over four Wednesdays of breathing mindfulness meditation. And then when that's finished, I'll do a four-part series on loving kindness meditation. I'll do a four-part series on chanting. And then we'll go back to rotating between breathing mindfulness meditation and loving kindness meditation. So I'd like to welcome you to our class today where I'll be guiding you guys in a breathing mindfulness meditation session. This is the primary form of meditation that the Buddha taught. It helps to cultivate and arise mindfulness or awareness of mind, specifically cultivating the four foundations of mindfulness, and it develops concentration or this focus and this clarity of mind. And then you're working to eliminate craving, desire, attachment, the cause of discontentedness. So I'd like to welcome all of you to our class and invite you to join for meditation. If you're going to be sitting on the floor, you might have a cushion under your rear in order to lessen the angle at your hips, knees, and ankles. If you're sitting in a chair, you might just have your feet flat on the floor or across at the ankles. It's up to you. You would like the lower body to be comfortable, not luxurious and not painful, but comfortable. The hands and the arms should rest comfortably in the lap. The Buddha put his right hand over his left with his thumbs together. So you could put that into your lap if you like. But if for any reason that's not comfortable, there's other options here. Some people might choose to put their palms on their thighs or on their knees. Some people like to put their palms up. Essentially, the lower body and the hands and arms should be completely relaxed as part of the meditation. There shouldn't be any pain and it shouldn't be very luxurious. The upper body should be erect. This helps to keep the mind attentive and alert during the meditation. And you're going to need that because this is a dedicated, active, purposeful training session where you're actively training the mind. So by keeping the upper body erect, this keeps the mind attentive and alert so you can do the work to actually train it. Next, you'd like to close the eyes and start breathing in through the nose and out through the nose. Here, you're just working to establish the breath. 
Breathing in and out. You can stay here, just focusing on the breath, kind of establishing it, or you can join in the chanting if you know the chants. After the chanting, I'll be back with some more guidance to help you get further into meditation. So you're welcome to hang out establishing the breath or join for the chanting. isn't going to necessarily match up to the guidance that I'm providing. I'm just here for guidance. This is your practice. So wherever you get to the next inhale, breathe in gradually through the nose, establishing a nice natural breath. 
And then whenever you get to the exhale, just breathe out gradually through the nose. I'm just here to remind you to breathe in and out. Breathing in and out. Once the breath is established, start fixating the mind on the sound of the breath or the sensation of air moving into the nose. The breath is the present moment. Fixate the mind on the breath, the present moment. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. With the mind fixated on the breath, whenever you observe that the mind moves off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. No need to observe the thought label it, judge it, analyze it, or even try to figure out where it's coming from. Just wherever you observe that the mind is off the breath, cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. Breathing in and out. Breathing in and out. I'm going to be quiet now and let you do this work of focusing on the breath. And whenever the mind is off the breath, you cut that off, let it go, and come back to the breath, the present moment. You have nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. No one needs you right now. This is your time to focus on the breath. Breathing in and out.
your way out of meditation i'd like to once again welcome all of you guys especially those that have just joined us since we started meditation welcome to our class what we typically do is start with meditation like this and then open up to any questions that you guys might have if you have any questions about the path to enlightenment or your own personal practice whether it's meditation or any aspect of the teachings or applying the teachings in your life or anything that you're seeing in the world that you would like help on related to the teachings of the buddha you can put those into facebook youtube or zoom our moderators will see that and be sure your questions get asked during the class or if you're in zoom you can electronically raise your hand and ask any questions or follow-up questions directly yes sir um during meditation especially in the beginning when we're just building our meditation practice up what can be done if we find that our thoughts have wandered for 
maybe several minutes, should we try to meditate longer to make up for those minutes that were lost or we just let that go and carry on? Yeah, you just let that go and carry on. That's part of the whole package of meditation is that when you're beginning to meditate and even maybe six months or a year into it, you know, you're going to have thoughts that come up and you're going to have a thought and maybe the mind follows that thought for a minute or two or three and you're reminiscing about something in the past or something in the future that the mind's thinking about and the mind can go on sometimes it almost forgets that it's meditating and it just gets indulged in that thought for a minute or two or three and then you're like oh yeah that's right i'm meditating cut that off and bring it back and then what you would like to do is just get better and better at that where you recognize that there is a thought sooner and sooner and that you more easily cut it off and bring the mind back because as i've mentioned before even an enlightened being is going to experience thoughts during meditation but they're going to recognize it right away and they're going to cut it off right away and bring the mind back to the breath but when we're still working to gain control and discipline of the mind we might indulge that thought for a minute or two or three before we realize oh yeah that's right i'm meditating let me cut that off and bring the mind back to the breath so that's part of the whole package and each time you're bringing the mind back to the breath back to the breath back to the breath you're gaining that control and that discipline you're getting that mindfulness and that concentration and the discipline to control the mind and then you're eliminating craving desire attachment as well yes thank you sir and then on youtube uh, thomas asks dear teacher since i started breathing mindfulness meditation i've noted that i need much more meditation instead of sleeping is this okay thank you yeah what you'll notice as you're meditating and the mind is awakening you'll notice that you won't need as much sleep anymore when the mind is polluted and has craving and anger and ignorance and it's burdened by this craving and it's just chasing after the objects of its affection and longing and yearning this is a lot of work for the mind this is a real burden for the mind to carry around craving so as you start meditating and the mind's awakening you're going to reduce craving desire attachment so the mind's not chasing after the objects of its affection so much so it's not as tired and as it's awakening that's one of the reasons why we call it awakening the mind is that you notice that you need less and less sleep because the mind is not as tired it's not as polluted enlightened beings can sometimes sleep as little as two four six hours a day even sometimes you know going long stretches 36 48 hours without sleeping and be completely peaceful and joyful they don't get tired an enlightened being actually doesn't experience tiredness they get sleepy the mind gets sleepy where you know that okay i need to get some sleep but you won't feel that tiredness in the mind and you won't feel that tiredness in the body because when the mind is tranquil the body is tranquil where when you're carrying around burden and pollution in the mind, that weighs on the body. Sometimes I remember coming home from work in the past and feeling like I'm carrying like cinder bricks on my ankles, you know, the, like dragging the feet or all this pressure and, and tension on the neck and the shoulders and things like this. You'll eliminate all that when you're eliminating the pollution of mind. The body will be tranquil and it won't feel heavy because you've uplifted the mind you've awakened the mind there's this radiance and this brightness coming through the mind and that gets reflected in the body this is why i share that the mind is the boss and the body is the employee 
because when you train the boss, when you train the mind, the employee, the body will follow. So that's why when the mind is tranquil, the body will be tranquil. Thank you, sir. Does this mean that even with high levels of physical exertion, the body just won't feel tired at all? Yeah, so the body isn't going to feel any tired. The mind isn't going to feel tired. It's going to be uplifted because of that enlightenment factor of energy that's in there. You will feel once the mind gets to enlightenment that you could run a marathon, you know, five times a day if you needed to. It's not like that excited energy that we think about with maybe like someone who considers themselves bipolar or manic. It's not that kind of energy. It's just like, okay, I could sit here and do nothing for the rest of the day and be completely peaceful and joyful, or I could go outside and run five marathons and still be peaceful and joyful. It doesn't matter. An enlightened mind is going to just be peaceful and joyful no matter what, and they're not going to experience any tiredness in the body or in the mind. Like I mentioned, there'll be sleepiness where they need to sleep, but because there's not craving, they're not pushing themselves and pushing themselves and pushing themselves and pushing themselves. It's not the whole you know nose to the grindstone mentality that we talk about in some cultures. An enlightened being understands I need to work some, and then I need to rest some. I need to work some, and then I need to rest some. This is like the balanced lifestyle. They're not going to just be go 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 all the time. They're going to balance out their life and make sure that their home life and their work life is well balanced and they know that having loving kindness and compassion for all beings includes having loving kindness and compassion for this being who you are and part of that loving kindness and compassion is having a balanced life where you're not nose to the grindstone all the time where you do do work but then you also take breaks and then you do work and then you take breaks and you see that as a normal part of your day and you're not allowing the mind or the body to get into a situation where it's just utterly exhausted and you know completely tired and worthless and feels like it's been you know dragged through the sand so to speak yes understood thank you sir mm -hmm. i see that uh, tony has his hand up let's go to him for his question hello teacher david and everyone um question for you uh, one of my uh, what i'm trying to do in the new year is be able, uh practice more uh, right speech to be more uh uh, in that eightfold path, in that uh, one of the fold of the path, and I'm noticing that at times I, I say stuff that I that I'm I'm uh, harsh speech that that uh, and I catch myself after I say what uh, why did I say that so I'm I'm having uh, uh, regrets about saying saying things. How can I catch that before? Like what's 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 the practice to uh, to try to correct that stuff? Sure. So where this comes from is when there's craving in the mind, right? We get the objects of our affection. We get those pleasant feelings that are temporary. But then when we don't get what we want, then there's this anger, this hatred, this ill will, and all those lesser versions like frustration, irritation, annoyance, and even dislike. So when that starts coming into the mind, that's when the bitterness, the harshness, the aggression is going to come out in the speech. So what you would like to do is continue with your breathing mindfulness meditation and your generosity so that you're getting rid of craving because the more you get rid of craving, that's going to take care of the anger. 
and you need to get really familiar with the bodily sensations because prior to the mind becoming angered and that harsh speech then comes out because of the unskillful conduct, there's going to be those bodily sensations that are happening. So when you get enough meditation under your belt with the breathing mindfulness meditation, then you're going to see that you're going to become aware of these bodily sensations and then you can cut off and let go of any discontent feelings like anger, hostility, this irritation and frustration that's arising, you can cut that off and let it go as a bodily sensation so that it never becomes a feeling in the mind. So you'd like to get your arms around all of that, you know, continuing with breathing mindfulness meditation, generosity, get really familiar with the bodily sensations and cutting those off and letting it go before it becomes a feeling in the mind. Then at the same time, I'm not sure what you're doing with loving kindness meditation, but that's what's going to break up the ill will in the mind, that mental object of ill will. So if you're doing those other things I mentioned and you're catching the bodily sensations sooner and sooner, then what you'd like to do is break up the ill will so that then that's not there motivating the unskillful conduct. And this is how you can get your arms around that because the speech is just a result of what's going on in the mind. And as long as there's craving and you're not aware of those bodily sensations, and as long as there's ill will, that mental object of ill will is there, then that speech is going to continue to do that. And then as you get all of this together more and more, then your mind will start moving into the jhanas eventually. And as the mind moves into the jhanas, then you experience what's called oneness of mind or unification of the mind. Because what it sounds like is probably happening is the subconscious mind tends to be more polluted than the conscious mind. Consciously, you know, like, yeah, I shouldn't speak with harsh speech. But then that polluted, very polluted subconscious mind, the conscious mind is polluted, but the subconscious mind tends to be even more polluted. So when you get enough of all of these teachings of the Eightfold Path under your belt with all the things I've mentioned so far, you'll get the mind into the jhanas where now you'll have this unification of the mind and this oneness of mind where now there won't be a subconscious mind and you'll have full awareness of the entire mind and you won't have that heavily polluted subconscious mind influencing the conscious mind which then resorts to this unskillful conduct and where you notice that there is unskillful conduct happening try to cut that off even if you're mid-sentence or it's just on the tip of your tongue restrain the mind even if you have to walk away and go somewhere else and redirect the mind but if you get you know something out that is harsh or aggressive apologize to the person accept responsibility for it even if they're yelling and hollering or whatever they've done and you know that they probably have some things that they're doing that are wrong as well or unwholesome or unwise as well just admit to yourself and admit to the person yes you know i was wrong i shouldn't have said that i'm sorry i apologize I'm going to keep aiming to do better at this. So try to catch it sooner and sooner, even when it's on the tip of your tongue, restraining the mind. But if you can get your handle on those bodily sensations, that's the real key. Because once the mind becomes angered with a feeling, now that's where the unskillful conduct can happen. Thank you. So just to expound on that, that John, John, Jana, mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, unification of the, of the subconscious and the conscious? I guess that's what, what you're speaking about, the unification of those two? That, is that the first step of the jhanas, or is, that, is, is there steps to the jhanas? Different, there's, I think there's four levels of jhanas, correct? Yes, that's right. 
there's four stages of enlightenment. Stages. And then there's four phases, which are called jhanas. The four phases of jhana, those are experienced prior to the mind getting into the first stage of enlightenment. And these are qualities of mind that you experience as you're putting together the Eightfold Path more and more. So you're really wise to be working on right speech because as you get all of your different factors of the Eightfold Path really dialed in really closely, this is where the mind will move into those jhanas, which are four phases that the mind moves through. They're temporary. And if you got complacent as the mind was moving through those, your mind would actually regress. But when you get to the second phase, when you get to the second jhana, this is where the unification of the mind happens and there's no longer a subconscious mind. And again, if you got complacent or you didn't stay focused on your development, the mind would regress out of that. But if you start moving into these jhanas by putting together the Eightfold Path really well, eventually you'll move through the jhanas and you'll focus on eliminating those fetters. And when you eliminate the first three fetters, then the mind moves into the first stage of enlightenment, which is called stream entry. And when you get into the first stage of enlightenment, from that point, the mind won't regress. It will no longer regress. But in the jhanas, there's still the potential that it can regress because the mind hasn't yet gotten to the first stage of enlightenment. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. I've taught some classes on this, Tony. So if you need a link, you can let me know and I'll send it to you. And I'll be teaching another class on this in about four or five weeks from now as part of the group learning program on a Sunday. I'll be talking about the jhanas in detail. Yes, thank you, sir. Um, to kind of stem off of this, those bodily sensations and being aware of them and being able to cut off and let go of bodily sensations, it can be sort of, I guess, confusing the first couple of times that this happens where you're cutting off a bodily sensation before there's, say, the emotion of anger or sadness in the mind. How can one move past this, like, confused state that can arise from this where you're like, well, I don't, I don't feel angry, but my body felt angry or the body felt <laughs> angry to, I guess, make that more like smooth where you can just cut it off and let it go and move on instead of having that second of like, well, what was going on? Practice, 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 right? That's why we call it developing a life practice. So yes, we call it bodily sensations because that's exactly what you experience. But all of this is happening in the mind because there's craving in the mind it's longing and yearning for something. So even before pleasant feelings are experienced, those are usually harder for people to experience the bodily sensations with the pleasant feelings. But even with the pleasant feelings, there's a bodily sensation that's happening before the mind gets conditioned happiness or conditioned excitement or thrill, euphoria. The painful feelings are typically more noticeable for the bodily sensations. And those are the ones you usually get clued into first. And, you know, you might feel, you know, tingling in the body rising up towards the head when the mind's about to get angry and there's heat maybe in the face or pressure in the skull or something like that. So you start getting clued into this and each emotion, each feeling sometimes has a different type of bodily sensation. This is why we say like shyness, we call it butterflies in the stomach, which is that queasiness in the stomach where anger it tends to be at least for me, it was the arising, you know, 
feeling coming up through the chest and through the face and the pressure in the head and then well wham you can feel it like when it comes into the mind it's like whoa there's the feeling oh there's the anger so by developing your meditation practice of breathing mindfulness meditation and then throughout your day cultivating and developing and practicing mindfulness where you're aware of the mind that's why the seven factors of enlightenment the buddha talks about mindfulness and he says that mindfulness is always useful essentially you should always be practicing mindfulness from the moment you start waking up and even as you're dozing off in the bed you know you need to be aware of the mind that if any unwholesomeness comes up to cut that off and let it go so all day long you're getting to the point where you would like to be practicing this mindfulness or this awareness of mind this is where people think they're actually meditating all day long but they're not you're actually practicing mindfulness and when you're aware of the mind and something just happened and then boom you feel those bodily sensations it's like ah that's what the buddha was talking about that's what david was talking about but initially when it first happens you know it might shock you like you said it might be a surprise like whoa what was that like whoa there's the feeling it's like all this stuff is happening you know kind of almost quickly in rapid succession but what you're doing with breathing mindfulness meditation is you're slowing down the breath so therefore you're slowing down the mind so things aren't happening as fast because you know when we don't have control of the mind it's like wham 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 a whole bunch of things are happening back to back to back you know you blow through the bodily sensations you blow through the feelings it becomes a condition of the mind and next thing you know you're mad for a whole week where if you're doing breathing mindfulness meditation where you're really slowing down the breath really slow and you're focused the mind on that the mind will slow down but you'll have more awareness of the mind so then you can almost get to the point where there's like three four five six seconds of bodily sensations before boom, it becomes a feeling in the mind so it kind of gives you more time to be observant of those bodily sensations and then cut them off so it just comes with practice of breathing mindfulness meditation doing that repeatedly and then maintaining the mindfulness in daily life until you really become tuned in and dialed into these bodily sensations and you've done enough of that work where now you're aware of it and you've cut them off sooner and sooner as your awareness heightens more and more yes thank you sir mm -hmm. i see tony has his hand raised let's go to him for his question thank you miranda yes um in my meditation, uh, when 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 I do a meditation with you, sir, I, uh, the way you do the breath, of, uh, a long in and a long out, uh, that that sort of seems to be a little a little bit of an effort for me. Then then as I get into it, my breath becomes more shallow, so I'm not breathing in and and out as much. Would you suggest that, uh, or would your teachings be to continue with the the long longer in and out breath, or to go with the the shallow breathing let me say i find it really helpful to do the elongated breathing my breath used to also be quite shallow as i was getting going with meditation it took me quite a while to realize that i needed to slow it down and to then actually slow it down and, and elongate it the buddha's instruction on this he just says if you have a short breath know that you have a short breath if you have a long breath know that you have a long breath so essentially he's saying bring the mind to the breath and have awareness of the breath that's what he's basically saying but everybody's lung capacity is different everybody breathes differently so i notice that 
having an elongated breath really slows the mind down. And if you can work with your breath, and I've kind of mentioned this before, I think in classes that you've been in, where you might need to just do some breath work outside of your meditation, where you're just sitting somewhere and you're just got your eyes open and you're just trying to focus on breathing in and breathing out. Because one of the things that I noticed when I had the shallow breath and I tried to go to an elongated breath, that there was still a fear of death in the mind so that when I was doing that elongated breath, I felt like I wasn't getting enough air. And then I started observing that there was a gap between the inhale and between the exhale. I started having this elongated gap. And then same thing on the other side, between the exhale and the inhale, there was this elongated gap. And I felt like I was gonna be gasping for air and I, I was gonna die. So it actually helped not only with meditation and slowing the mind down, it helped me to realize that I didn't have to be you know, breathing real shallow that I could sustain life with just a nice, slow, steady, consistent breath. And it helped me, among other things that I needed to practice, to get rid of the fear of death because there was still that fear of death thinking that if I didn't get enough air, I was going to die like in an instant. So that was where that shallow breath was coming in. So I needed to do a certain number of sessions outside of meditation of just working with the breath and only the breath. I wasn't trying to focus the mind or do anything else. I just focused on trying to make the breath longer and longer. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It's not appear that there are any other questions at this time, sir. Okay. And I would like to just add one more thing for you, Tony. I'm not sure how you sit in meditation or lie or stand or what have you, but if you have a really upright body where you lift your sternum up and you have that erectness that the Buddha talks about in his teachings of having an erect body, this will open up the lungs and allow you to breathe in more oxygen and slow down your breath. Whereas if your chest cavity is collapsed and your shoulders are rounded, then your lung capacity isn't going to be as much. So you'd like to get your shoulders back, your sternum up, and your chest really open. That's what's going to help you get the air in and get that nice elongated breath. Okay, yep, you're welcome. All right, so thank you all for your wonderful questions. And it's obvious that you guys are, are focused on your practice and really fine-tuning it more and more. This is ideal. This is what you'd like to do. And this is why it's a life practice, because you need to dial it in closer and closer. And this is why you need guidance from a teacher to help you. This book that I've written in the entire book series has an enormous amount of detail to help you. But I can't put every single thing that you would ever need into a book or into a one video or into a series of videos. So that's why each individual student investigating the teachings, really sinking their teeth into it, rolling up their sleeves, working through it, and then getting personal guidance like this, either in class or scheduling personal guidance or asking questions in the Facebook group or sending a private message. This personal guidance is so important because each individual person's practice is going to be a bit different and you're going to need to dial in your practice more and more, different little facets, even down to how you sit with your rib cage and your shoulders and how you hold your upper body and these kind of things all need to be dialed in. And then that's where you see the real progress as you get this dialed in more and more. So hats off to all of you guys who are being dedicated and diligent, not just the ones that are in the class, but those of you guys out there listening to this on the podcast or on the replay or asking questions in the Facebook group, 
everyone in our community who's really investigating the teachings and really working to be determined and diligent. This is exactly what you would like to do with your practice, not becoming complacent, but really soaking in and fine-tuning your practice. This Sunday, we're going to be restarting our group learning program from the very beginning. It's a new start where I'm going to be starting off and going through for seven months the entire program. So if you've attended this in the past and you'd like to restart it, or if you started midway through this last one and you'd like to start from the beginning, or you've never studied with me at all and you'd like to start from the very beginning, this is the ideal time for any kind of people who are either just starting out with the path to enlightenment, or even if you've been studying other places, and maybe you haven't been through kind of a formal program to build you up from the beginning all the way through to building up your life practice based on the words of the Buddha, this particular program is a perfect program for you to start from the very, very beginning. And each time you go through this program, you'll pick up more and more understanding of the teachings because I say things a bit different. There's different questions from the students. So going through this program more than once will actually really, really help you. And if there's anybody who would like to get involved in doing moderation or anything like that, feel free to reach out to either me or one of the existing moderators and you're welcome to get involved with that kind of thing too because that can really invigorate your practice and kind of build in some enthusiasm and motivation where you're coming to class and you're connected with the moderation group and you know having some responsibility and part of the community you're welcome to contribute if you'd like to do that so that's going to be on sunday we're going to restart the group learning program and we do that at 9 p.m thai time so whatever time it is in your time zone you can figure that out and either tune in live or if you can't make the live class then it's on youtube it's on facebook and it's in the podcast you can digest that content at your own pace and then on Wednesday, we're going to be starting the first class of a four-part series where I'm going to be sharing breathing mindfulness meditation, starting from the very beginning and building students up from the very beginning. I'm doing this online starting, as I said, on January 8th at 9 p.m. Thai time and then on Wednesday, 9 p.m. Thai time. We're also restarting that here in Chiang Mai in person, the exact same program at 9 a.m. here on Sunday and 9 a.m. on Wednesday. So if you're here in Chiang Mai or you're traveling through Chiang Mai or you would like to travel to Chiang Mai, you can actually attend classes here. And I've got not only the group learning program, but the Pali Canon and English study group that's on Saturday evenings. That's done online on Saturday evenings. It's taught here on Saturday mornings. And then there's different courses and retreats happening here in Chiang Mai at different times throughout the year that if interested to study in person in Chiang Mai, you can check those out. And then there's some retreats that are happening in the USA this uh, summer that we're working on and, and the community's planning. And then there's also a retreat in India and Nepal at the end of this year as well that you might be interested to look at. And all of that's available on the website, buddhadailywisdom.com. So thank you all for your dedication and your diligence. I'll see you in one of these future classes. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. Sawadee Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. 
A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.